Hi, I'm Finn from the Central West Leadership Academy here in Dubbo, back with another episode of Pieces of Wisdom Series 3, Capturing Our Histories, the series where I interview local leaders and elders for their stories, lessons, and histories. Today, I'm going to talk to Ronnie Rambo Gibbs, local legend and former first grade NRL player about his life and experience in playing professional football and being an active advocate and leader in our local Aboriginal community. Hi Ronnie, thanks for joining me today. To start things off, could you tell me a little bit about where you grew up? Well, I was born in Brewana, which is out in western New South Wales. Um, grew up in Kaduga till I was 10 years old, 9 or 10, and then I moved over to Burke and I stayed at Burke until I was 21. My mum and dad moved to Newcastle. I'm the eldest of five uh, kids. Um, my mum and dad moved to Newcastle to give my younger siblings a, a bit better life, career, career-wise and that, and took them down to school down there. Um, I stayed in Burke because I had my friends in Burke. I, was, uh, I had my girlfriend in Burke, which is my wife still today. Um, my child was sweetheart, um, Megan. Um, so I stayed in Burke and then, um, then I followed my career then. I um, ended up moving to Newcastle for a year um, played footy there. I love rugby league, so I played footy f- for um, West Rosellas. Won a grand final there. Then I went from Newcastle to Roosters for three years. Then over the Manly Seagulls for two years, which I love Manly because Manly was my Manly was my team I supported back in the 70s. So um, I'm very fortunate to win a grand final with Manly in 1987. Um, Went to the Gold Coast for three years, went over to England, the Castleford in England for a couple of seasons, came back and paid for the West Magpies, and I retired in 19, from NRL football in 1991 with the West Magpies, and moved out to Dubbo. Well, that is certainly quite a story, and we'll go through and unpack that in a second, but I just want to get a sense of what was your experience like growing up in Gaduga? Yeah, um, growing up in um, Gaduga was unbelievable. Um, straight from Gaduga, um, swinging in between mum having my younger brothers and sisters and that. Um, I used to swing to Bree with my aunties, um, stay there a fair bit. Um, growing up there was unbelievable because um, my aunties, all my aunties, three of my aunties there had boys our own age and uh, siblings, uh, all our, we all had, they all, all the sisters had siblings at the same age, um, so it was really good growing up in those, and those towns were unbelievable back in those days. Gadooga, the wool was going really good, so there's plenty of sheep and plenty of work, and um, um, the farms that, that was worked, um, the fruit, the citrus fruits and that in Birkbury and um, Gadooga uh, were, were really good as well. So there was always plenty of, plenty of uh, work and, um, and growing up in those schools, it's like anything. You can go to anywhere, new school, new town and, um, and run it down or you can get involved and do something even at a, at a younger age when I was a kid. That's what I did. I just got involved in anything and everything and tried to help out someone every day which I'm still doing now. How did you play as a child back then? Like, what sort of games did you do? Well, back in our days, we had a few old traditional Aboriginal games they used to play. I still teach them a lot now. 
but um, uh, we used to we used to do roundies. It's called roundies, like baseball. It is softball, baseball, um, uh, and and sort of cricket, um, cricket. But um, we'd done all the really good, the fun things back in those days, like going yabby and catching yabbies or boogalies, they call them boogalies, yabbies uh, on the, on a string, um, not with the big opera house nets and. Catch them in drums and that, uh, fishing and uh, uh, catching butterflies and caterpillars and seeing them turn into butterflies and uh, a real lot of things. We had uh, shanghais, which are slingshots. Um, we used to go and try to shoot, shoot things, smash bottles and cans and things like that, but all the real fun things. Um, Roly-polies, if you don't know what they are, they're like an old sunshine milk tin or, or a round um, uh, golden syrup tin and, and then you fill them up with dirt and you put a bit of wire through them at either end and you, tow them, you pull them along and they roll along. It's unbelievable. Um, I taught all my kids exactly the same, uh, what, how, they, how they work and the mechanics of it sort of. Not much, not much to it, but a lot of fun, real lot of fun. Yeah, that sounds great. Uh, what was your schooling experience like growing up? Did you enjoy school? What did What did you learn? Things like that. In my younger days, it was really, really good. Um, um, but when I got a bit, a bit, a bit older, probably year, year four, year five, which is not very old, but um, I sort of. I went. I sort of went missing in action a bit. I um, I wanted to be the class clown. I wanted to fit in with people. I didn't fit in as I got moved to, from Bree to Burke and Gadooga and that. I I had to fit in. Went so I probably did it to probably get a bit of attention, um, um, and um, which which was made it made it hard for, uh, for things. But by doing that, I lacked of um, interest in the classroom. Till I got to um, year seven, and when I got to year seven, I loved a couple of subjects which I really excelled in, um, and I really loved it. Now, history and geography, um, uh, I really, I really loved that. But the, the main three, I didn't like very much, um, so I didn't get a very good education. Um, Later on in life, I left. I went and worked in the holidays, school holidays, um, when I was at high school. And they was giving me $79 a day, so cash in hand, um, which I didn't want the money, but um, I did it for the money, but I didn't want it. I didn't need it. I had nothing to spend it on. But um, I decided to leave school and, and didn't, didn't, finish year, didn't finish year eight. Um, then I, the meatworks closed. I was working at the abattoirs, and then um, I um, went back to school for the mainly for the swimming carnivals, the athletics carnival, the dances, the, the excur- school excursions, so, um, and all the pretty girls. So I probably wanted to go back, and, 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 and all of my mates too. So I went back to school and uh, finished year eight, and then um, vice versa, the holidays came again, and went out to abattoirs and worked again, and then um, done it in year nine, and then I ended up coming back and finished year nine. The only thing I regret in um, that, I didn't go back and finish year 10 and didn't get my year 10, finish my formal education, year 10, year 11 or year 12. But 
but uh, it's all gone and people have told me ever since then and still now it's never too late to learn and that, uh, which it isn't, but I haven't got, I, I, I really couldn't go back and, and do, um, uh, sit in the classroom all day now because I'm, I'm so used to my, my career, what I took, my other pathways that I took outdoors and that. Um, do you think a lot of people were working in school holidays or, or as you say, like missing in action like you were? Was that a common thing for people to do at that time? Fair few. A real lot of, a lot of kids growing up did. There were still a lot of kids at school and that and did it, whether they were made by the parents or or um, um, whether they wanted to be there. There was a lot of, a lot of good kids there and a lot of smart kids. Um, I, they were kids back then. They're adults now. I run into a lot of them. Um, I run in my, my best mate, who was my captain in 1970, 1978, grand final team. He was my captain in my rugby league team. I was sitting on the bench, so I wasn't a very good football player at 18 years old. So, But I, I ran into him last week at Lithgow Jail, and he's a, school, he's a teacher there in the jail. So, um, And he's an Aboriginal man, um, and um, a proud Aboriginal man. So he, um, he's... Um, I knew he had education back back then and he finished year twelve, but I knew he was the best sportsman in the town as well, one of the be- one of the best sportsmen. So, you know, I see a lot of them now. Um, the ones that got education uh, used it. Few didn't, unfortunate. Um, should have kicked on with their education, but they didn't. For me, my main drive in my life now is to helping people out and they gotta get an education. Don't care what they do. And I don't care. I, if I had my time over again, I would have finished my year 10 and my year 11, year 12, and I, I would have probably been set up a little bit more. Wouldn't have changed my life too much because um, um, I followed my career, what I wanted to be, a professional foot sportsman, and um, that's what I did. At what point do you think you chose football or, or football chose you? Or, or at what point do you know you wanted to be a professional NRL player? I've always wanted to be. It was a dream. It was probably a nightmare, really, because, um, like I said, I was, uh, in 1978 I was 18 years old and I was sitting on the bench in the grand final, so I wasn't a very good player. But, um, and back in those days, Burke had a crash out first grade, crash out reserve grade, and then the, and under 18s we, we went through and won the grand final that year. So... Um, um, I knew I'd be retiring next year because I couldn't make the under-18s. There's no chance of making going any further in my career, but um, I just uh, followed my career like um, my um, pursuit in being a f- good sportsman uh, and uh, um, and done a ex- little bit of extra work, a lot of extra work, like my physical training and... Um, my physical training and the other thing, I didn't take, I didn't drink and I didn't smoke and I didn't um, take drugs, so that probably helped me along my career. But got involved in all the sports. I played um, tennis, netball, um, basketball, hockey, football, soccer. So I just played every sport. A little bit of cricket. I didn't like cricket much, but um, just got involved in every sport that I possibly can to help me. I done a lot of boxing, a lot, a lot of swimming, so um, it helped me out and it helped me fitness-wise, and then it probably helped me along in my career later on in life because I done all the good things.
What people inspired you to get into rugby league? Or are there any people in your life that you really look up to? Um, back in our, our days, back in the 70s and um, in the early early 70s, like in 1970, come to think of that, Manly, um, Manly was a, one of the gun teams then and it won the grand final. But I had an Aboriginal bloke in Gadooga who used to love Bobby Fulton and Artie Beats and so... Artie Beetson and Bobby Fulton are the two greatest um, Australian ever players, um, coaches and players, Queensland, New South Wales, Australia. Um, I was very fortunate to be coached by both of them. I was very fortunate to be Artie's best, one of Artie's best mates. Bobby Bozo is the same, both passed away at the moment, uh, at, at, at the both passed away at at the moment um, um, in life. Um, it, it was very hard to, to think, but both, they were both my heroes, and um, and I was very fortunate to be playing with them. And then later on in life, to be in in Bozo's Bobby Fulton to be my coach, and when he was my coach, we won the grand final. So you couldn't you couldn't ask for a better script than that in uh, uh, in your dreams and that. And I dreamt of that sort of sort of stuff, but it sort of motivated me. Um, the negative things in uh, in life probably drove me towards it and helped me helped me achieve those things like. Um, um, I used to get bullied a fair bit, little freckly face kid, pick on the little freckly face kid. Oh, was that one person? Um, um, people running you down, closing doors, not giving you opportunities and not giving you a chance in life, um, um, uh, ostracising you a bit. So I just I just made it, made my own bat and made my own way. I didn't wait for anyone to uh, roll a red carpet out for me or or spoon-feed me, I just got up and um, made, a, made a crack myself. But, so, but they probably the people that sort of, um, in a negative way, which weren't good when I was growing up, but probably drove me to make myself more successful, running me down, putting me down, saying I was no good, and then I just proved everyone wrong. I'm interested to know, you said you lived in Dubbo for over 30 years. How has Dubbo changed from when you first arrived to now? Fortunate or for unfortunate, um, I did finish my football career and then I came back to Dubbo. Um, I needed a job somewhere. Um, I scored a good job up in um, place called um, uh, Toowoomba. Toowoomba. I got a good job there as a. a um, I got a good job, but I got a coaching job and a, a captain coach job as a football player still, but um, um, I needed a job f- to support my family, which I only had one boy then. I finished my career and then I, um, on the way out, and I, um, I didn't have kids. We, we didn't have kids uh, while I was playing football because I was a, I'm a bit of a f- perfectionist. So I, like, I used to put 100% into my training, 100% into my games, and I didn't have not much time to do anything else. I like everything straight. I like everything coloured, coordinated, as you can see. My undies, my socks, my shorts, a lot of them. I colour coordinate, shirts, everything. That's the way I do it. I like everything in straight lines. I like it. I'm an organised person. And then when I, till I had kids, 
and then I've got four kids, and then once you get kids, she goes out the door. Um, I can give you a quick little quick little story. Um, I I had um, I've got I had a place up on the Gold Coast, lived on the canals, Palm Beach, really good place, uh, big flash place, just me and my wife, four bedrooms, all that. Then I had, uh, then we had our first child, was Luke, my oldest son. Then um, I used to have shoes, um, like Melda Marcos, so I had a couple of rows of shoes, like probably about anything to about 60 pairs of boots in my garage as you drive in, and I used to have them all in line side by side from roller skates, roller blades and roller skates and all them. I had football shoes, athletic shoes, sprinting boots and everything and all my dress shoes and all that. They were under the ones downstairs because upstairs in my walk-in I had probably another 20 pair and then in boxes packed in my shed would have been another 20 to 40 pair. I used to love shoes. Um, I was very fortunate back then. I used to be sponsored by a lot of them and they used to just give me them, all the, all the companies, big sporting companies, that, um, just give it to me to wear and, and I used to just save them and on my order, so I keep everything current. Um, but then, then, then my youngest fellow came along. I used to have them shoes lined up all the time, hit the roller door, drive in and uh, my shoes would be all over the place, like from one end of the garage to the other. He was crawling around in there. Just, just, wasn't 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 too bad. It didn't look that it, for me it was. And that's when kids stuff sort of came in the first time, and that sort of changed me a little bit. I had to change. And then the second boy came, and then, then the next boy Joe came along, and then um, Maddie, and then Seamus. So, so I had to um, change as I went along the way. I don't like change. I like everything the same. But that's one one change that I had. To, when I come to Dubbo, we, um, unfortunately, I didn't, financially wise, I didn't, I finished my football career. I had no formal education, as I told you, which paid the price for in a lot of areas. I came back here with a driver's licence only. That was Barney's certificate or whatever I could, could prove, so, which is not very good, not good at all. And then I'd done my, referee's ticket and then I'd done my coaching certificate and then I'd done level two and level two in ref and then level three in coaching and then level three in um, the top ref uh, sports trainer and then, and then um, sports trainer and then um, uh, first aid and CPR, the whole lot, and strapping, strapping. So I'd done all my certificate. Then I wanted to... Uh, uh, my kids love fishing and that's so how I had to get my fishing licence and all that. So I'd done it really tough trying to get all of those because of, of my lack of education. Um, so I'm making sure that no one has to do, get, um, don't have to go down that path. It's too hard. Ended up here 32 years old and you got nothing. And um, financially wise back those days, football wasn't paying a lot of money back then. I was only on... Um, $10,000 a year at the Roosters and 10000 might sound like a lot but um, when you break your tib and fib which is your right in the middle of shins or the old and I broke every bone in my body twice so my fingers are not the best as you can see um, um, 
I broke every bone in my body twice over. The money doesn't last very long. Then four kids later and end up in Davo. So um, I've done it really tough. I work um, concrete and all day long, labour and jobs. That's no worries. Um, I done that. I um, worked as a labourer and then I worked as a security, as a bouncer at, 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 the, at the South Dubbo Tavern, the garden, the, the MRU and the commercial at pubs. Um, so I just worked around the clock all, all day concrete and then I worked all night bouncing four nights a week security. So that's, that's where we got back on our feet. Ended up buying that little shop down there. On the, on the corner there, Short Street Shop. I bought that and then um, made it into a coffee shop. It was just a corner shop. Made it into a coffee shop and sold that. Then from that, I worked. I worked. My wife was a nurse. There still is a nurse up there at the hospital. So she, uh, we worked. We worked our butts off and then we got our kids. Sold the shop so we can send our kids for them to boarding school, which um, the three boys went there. Aunt Azil, Joey's, at Joey's, made him get a, get a good education, best thing we've ever done. And her daughter went to Scholastic as that glebe, so and the best thing we've ever done for, for them. Um, we had to sell our shop, and that shop's a shop, and we just kept going on with our, our jobs. Like, my wife's a, still a nurse up the hospital, and I'm, uh, I'm doing it, I'm a sporting, sporting rec, um, a sports development officer. And, Indigenous Sports the Development Officer. So it was pretty hard. It was hard to do that. Um, but um, didn't get much support or help except from your, from your um, f- few friends. But you need it and you've got to motivate yourself. You can't wait for someone if you want things to happen, if you want to. And, I, and that's what I preach to kids now. You've got to get education. You might hate, you might hate the school, you might hate the teacher, you might hate the kids at school that you go with and that, but you've got to just bite the bullet and go through and something will, it'll change. And you've got to stick with it um, because you've definitely got to get education because I put it in, break it down for them. Kids today, they've got to learn. If you, don't, if you don't get education, what about when you want to buy a car? You want a new car? Yeah. You want a house? Yeah. When you go shopping? Yeah. You've got to buy food, buy clothes, you've got to buy, you've got to pay your bills, you've got to learn all of that. And with education comes all of that. And you know how to manage it. Not sit back and just waiting for the mailman to come or waiting for people to put money into your bank and crap money. You want to go out and earn it and you've got to, that's what I try to motivate people. I can only tell it as it is. I can, I can powder coat it or paint it up and make it look good, but it's not me. I can only tell you how it is. You tell me how you're doing it and you, you can whinge all you want to me about the kids out west or the kids in Dubbo here that haven't got nothing, the families haven't got nothing. I can tell you, I can take you to 100 different places around the world, especially Australia and 100 other communities, and I can show you how bad they've got it and, and you've and you, you got a chance to whinge then. And you, you, if you can still whinge after that, you, you must be good because... Um, there's no way in the world you'd be whinging again because you've got so many good people, um, so many community people out there that need need help. That's in a worse 
position and you, we all get in a bad spot now and then, no worries. We've got to look for our friends and family to pull us through and get through them there. Some of them people haven't got none. And that's what I see, the homeless people sleeping down there in the street there in the window when a couple of Tuesdays ago when it was absolutely freezing. Uh, I, I won't give them money to buy drugs or drink, smokes and that, but I'll go and buy them coffee or, or bacon egg roll or something for breakfast and that to warm them up a bit because that's what you do. Me, that's what I do in life. I, um, I'm very fortunate in the job I've got through sport and recreation and rugby league. My rugby league family is a big family, the rugby league family. Um, I've got them uh, and I've got lots and lots and lots of friends that just support me and help me do what I do. And I go around every day, I take something, I didn't bring it in on purpose, I didn't know how many kids were going to be, I take something out and I give someone, every day I give a shirt or a nap or a football or, or not only that, um, or coffee or a feed and that, every day. And that, I made that pat to myself that I help someone out every day and I give someone something every day. I'm very fortunate because I've got so many good friends that gives me that gear so I can give it out every day. So I do. Then all over, everywhere I go, doesn't matter where I go. I go on holidays, I get the same. The South Australia this year, I, um, I made a pat when we had our kids that we spend Christmas together every year. We, we go on holidays once a year. Can't go to big flash resorts and, and that up the Gold Coast or... Uh, or, or down in Sydney or whatever, if we go out and camp by the river for a night and rough it and or buy on, on a friend's place and that or pull up in a caravan park and that, it's a better holiday than anything. We're all together and stick together. Um, when you go around to schools and talk to young people, how is your message generally received by them? If you got them kids in the room and you were trying to explain them about getting their education and that, I think you'll lose about 70% straight away. You would not, you would not, they wouldn't be even glued in and listening to you and they won't, they don't pay attention. I use my sports as a vehicle um, and the way I, I, I take the kids and that and sit them down and, and get to them by using that as my, as my leverage. But um, and they, at least they'll listen to me. They'll listen to me, and then, and then uh, they might, that won't change them straight away. It better sows the seed in their mind that they have to. And I'll just give them a couple of good, like my stories there, a couple of good examples where you better listen because later on, you know, when they're ripping you off at the shop or at the petrol station or at the um, when you're at the car dealership when you want to buy a car or, what, or when you've got to pay your rent and electricity bills and all, everything, and there's not going to be handouts all the time. There, there, there won't be. So you, I just got to get the reality check and do it. Some people, get, not a lot, but a few people get caught in that there because of their upbringing of their families and what they see around them and they just sort of follow that their steps. We've got to break it. We've got to break it. And education is it. Giving them opportunities, we've got to give them a lot more opportunities. Um, I really believe being in Lithgow Jail last week with those 
men down there last week, like I had 80 of them there. Out of 80 of them there, they were doing some TAFE course or university course there. Why they're in there, they're in there for five years, they got them, they're not going nowhere, so you may as well give them education there and get them out. So at least they got something when they come out. Because when they come out, if they haven't got nothing, they're just going to go back to the same thing. They're going to go back the same way, do the same thing that put them in there. But my, my, while I was there, I, I had to try to tell them exactly the same. You're, getting, you're going to get a second chance when you get out next month or next year or the year after. Then you're going to get that next chance and, and then you've got to, don't want to blow it and be back in here. But sometimes they take the easy option. And you got to surround yourself with good people. Some good people around you, support. That's what you need. I'm very lucky I had my wife to support me right through my hardship times and all my injuries and all that. that she stuck by me all the way. And, um, and that was, that was, that's all I really needed. My family supported me. They were living in Newcastle back then. My mum's back in Bree Warren and now living. Um, she's back there. My two, my, I've got two brothers that live here now in Dubbo. And my other two, one, my sister lives in Sydney and my other brother lives in Newcastle. But for me, I was a sort of pin-up golden boy of rugby league, but I was more proud of my, bro- my brother brother and sister under me because they went to year 12 and got an education and then you could just see the, op- the opportunities that came then. My, my younger brother, he was a PE teacher. He was a, a bricklayer by trade, PE teacher, policeman, highway patrol, police, and now he's quit that. Now he's he's got his own business in Newcastle, which... Unbelievable, and that's just that's just my, that's just my brother. But it's only you can only do that because he had education. You can be streetwise and get educated on the street and that, but um, it's very very hard because um, I know there's a lot of good programs and it makes it a lot of difference. Um, go down to RTA and do those license what you need like fishing, shooting, truck license, bus, taxi, whatever you want to want to do. Driving old people around, which I'll probably end up doing. Probably drive too fast for them. Make a main on of it. <laughs> if I still got my license, because uh, I love driving fast, I love my nicknames. But everyone knows me as Rambo. You don't get a nickname Rambo because of nothing. If you don't know who Rambo is, you only got to Google and put Rambo in it, and you'll see it'll be Sylvester Stallone or on one, but you'll see Ronnie Gibbs on the other one. So um, it's, that's very good. Um, everyone call me Rambo. All the kids which is real close to me. All the kids call me Rainbow and they know me as Rainbow, not Rainbow, because they know our kind or how they, they're, you're not Rainbow, you're Rainbow. And make like bring tears to your eyes when you hear kids saying that, or oh, can I give you a cuddle? I, I don't like cuddling. I love kids, but I don't love... Uh, kids coming up and, and cuddle, giving you a cuddle, but they, they don't get a bit of affection at home. And if, if I can, you know, with, with, in the things, um, makes us make something special. It isn't for for kids to come and even do that to 
like a complete stranger just about. Um, but not because I go out there, I see them every year and I'll probably look after their mothers and their fathers and in, in the 30 years I've been there, which and which is which is good. So that, that's what makes my job. One, I'm a proud Aboriginal man. I come from out west. Um, the next, I'm a NRL ex NRL football player. There's two, um, but I've got passion. And I love I love all my communities. All my communities. I don't. I never. I never. I don't get enough time to do enough in Dubbo. But um, my, when I was here, I. Um, like I said, I ran, I'd, I'd concrete and I, I um, ran a shop. I um, was security. I was AEA, which is a teacher's aid at South Dubbo Public. Um, I'm a sport and rec development officer. I'm anything rugby league, referees, coaching, all that. I I get involved. I got involved in junior league, senior league, and so I worked around the clock. I worked worked around the clock for a fair few years. My, Something like about 20 years, I'm sort of burned out now. I'm on my way out, which I'm still trying to fight. And, um, but um, I've still got a bit of passion to keep doing it, so I'm going to keep doing it. Coming up and share my stories with uh, with yourselves and um, the listeners, um, that's, that's what I've got to do. I've got to get the message out there. And um, hopefully it mightn't change everyone, but it might change one person's life. And if it, if it does, it makes, makes it worthwhile. It's only a bit of time and talking, but um, seeing them front face to face—that's what I love doing. And then next time you see them face to face, they remember you like anything. And especially if you give them something like a bribe, like a shirt or hat or or football, and that they sort of you sort of—I know it's a bribe. It's a sort of bribe. I'm trying to sweet swing them over, but make sure they listen to me. So. I got the format to get that messages over there instead of sitting in a room and saying you're getting education, you're doing this, and you're doing that, and you're way behind in there and putting them down and that don't do that. You've got to go around the other way and see if they'll come to the party and let them make their decision. And just just keep telling them, and um, especially kids. I'm a big kid at art. I love it. Get down on the ground with them and do everything. I love playing games. Like I've got. Hundreds of games I can run kids around for for a week and, and give them games and that, and they will just keep begging for more and more um, because that's the respect they showed me and that's because the passion that I put into it. And um, I'm very, like I said, I'm very fortunate. I didn't have nothing, but I made everything work for. And education, if I'd had it a lot more, a bit more education, I probably wouldn't be back at it. I'd probably be not a TV or radio. I haven't got the face for TV and that. And um, the radio, I probably wouldn't have been too much on that, but I would have been set up a bit down in uh, on the other side of the mountains. But I love it out west and I love, this is my area, my town. My area, I, I just absolutely love so finally, what's one thing that you think any young person who's listening should take away from our conversation today, if nothing else? Well, hopefully they, uh, if they are listening, it's got to be it's got to be the education. You got it, that's number one. You got to stick at school. So what? You're having a bad time at school at the moment. Um, it'll go away, and ask for help, support. There's teachers there. There's support teachers there. You got your friends, and if not, you got to see your family. We'll see someone and we'll work it out. So 
don't get discarded too much there. If you've got a problem, talk about it, we'll sort it out. Um, you have got to, can't have you worrying about things like that when you're there trying to get education. And the biggest thing is education. Um, on the other side of it, education on healthy stuff, eating, walking, training, um, doing something that doesn't have to be real strenuous, as long as you do something, get involved and don't get locked away on the computer in the rooms or in your rooms or any rooms and that. You get out and talk to someone, especially your friends, and you have got friends out there, everyone has. And there's someone that does care about you now, like me, I do. I'm, one, I'm only one of a lot of good, there's a lot of good people out there that are helping. There's a lot of bad ones out there too, but the good ones outweigh the bad ones, so make sure you talk to someone and ask for help if you need it, please. So thank you very much, Ronnie Gibbs, for taking the time to come and talk to us. It has been an absolute pleasure and all the best for everything moving forward. Uh, thank you. Thanks a lot. Um, yeah, I'll keep doing it. Um, I love it. I'll make change in some people's lives before I move on.